0: Welcome to the Lindsay Hadley Podcast Show. I'm coming to you from the North Shore of Oahu, where weekly I interview some of the world's most inspiring people from business, philanthropy, and entertainment. I love collecting humans, and these are some of my favorites I've found along the way. This podcast is brought to us by Capita Financial Network.
1: Do you need help with the next steps of your financial plan? Think Capita. Capita is a financial network built around you. They have a team of financial advisors, CPAs, state attorneys, Medicare providers, and social security experts to help you accomplish your financial goals. Call or schedule a complimentary consultation at 801-566-5058 or visit their website at capitafinancialnetwork.com. You can also check out their financial education podcast, The Financial Call, available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and YouTube. Hello, and welcome to the Lindsay Hadley Podcast Show. Today, I'm very excited to introduce a dear friend of mine, Rob McMillan. And he is someone that I met through my friend, Matt. Hi, Rob. Thanks for coming on the show. <laughs> this is going to be fun. I love your background with all this fish. So Rob is, oh, by the way, a killer fisherman. So I hear. So so pictures seem to indicate with all of the price. I actually, fish
2: hate, I hate this. I hate, this. I hate this. I like to I like to catch fish. There's a difference.
1: Oh, okay, <laughs> there we go. And you, yeah, you often have a picture with a very large caught fish, whether in the ocean or on the river. Um, and Rob was introduced to me by our mutual friend that we both love and respect, Matt Peterson. And Rob uh, met Matt in the world of, of, of um, venture capital, investing, entrepreneurship. I mean, you've got an incredible background.
2: We're actually best friends and frenemies in business school and, to start, to and started yeah so go that's actually tell me the, to to the, the
1: story of matt
2: <laughs> so he, um i was at the end of four years of grad school and i was bored and and being a jerk and he would call me on it i think that's the main gist of it um but he <laughs> was really smart guy that i um that i respected a ton and uh we've turned our business school friendship into professional friendship and worked on a number of projects together. And I have not become independently wealthy like five times by not doing what he told me to do.
1: <laughs> he, he is such a gift. This is fun that we're having a mutual like peek out session about Matt for a second, because I think there's something really powerful about honoring, honoring when friends share their friends with each other, you know, um, because I'm so grateful to him for introducing us and he's introduced some incredible people to me. But his, um, I I think the thing that I love most about him is he's so smart but he's so humble. And it's not like a false, it's not like a false modesty. He actually genuinely is just deeply, deeply humble. And I want that to rub off on me so bad. And I want, he's not self-focused. He's so incredibly authentic and oh my gosh, is he talented. He's so, unbelievably unaware of just how talented he is. So Rob, I'm excited uh, to talk a little bit about everything that you're working on. And I've had the great pleasure of being an advisor to you in capacity of Angel Venture Capital Fund. We're going to talk a little about that today. But why don't we start and back up a little bit and talk about your story? What got you into venture capital? I love that you've taken the tools of business and investing and the private sector into the developed world to help people living in extreme poverty and the way you've disrupted and um, had tremendous success in that space is a story that's totally worth hearing. Um, why don't you share a little bit about your story, whatever you want to start with. Like, you know, you can start with your grandparents, you can start with, you know, your LDS mission, wherever you want to go, go go to the beginnings of yeah. time.
2: Yeah, I grew up in uh, in agricultural community in Twin Falls, Idaho. Um, Very in cool. A, in a middle class family. Um, And, uh, my dad found Jesus early on when we did a little, uh, little move to Colorado for a couple of years and that really saved our family. So that was awesome. Uh, and my dad, uh, was a really smart guy, entrepreneur, never had a chance to go to college. And he's, you know, he kind of looked all me and my siblings and said, you're going to college. And, uh, yeah, you're gonna, you're doing it and, uh, yeah, so huge, uh, I, I definitely stand on the shoulders of my parents. They're amazing, Bob and Celeste McMillan. So, um, and uh, came out of there. Had no business getting it. I didn't even know what venture capital was. All the people we looked up to in my hometown were doctors and lawyers in the small agricultural town, which is and uh, kind of crazy. though. I'm sure we'll talk about the Harmon brothers a little bit, but they grew up 30 minutes um, down the road in Burley, Idaho, um, and uh, and I was in Twin Falls and. You know as as uh, as potato farmers so yep just a agricultural kid wrestled played football um and uh at a you know at a at a, at a decent level um and uh did really well academically as well and went to end up going to utah state on a leadership scholarship uh served a mission in venezuela and between those two experiences i kind of um kind of uh found my life mission which is to you know to work in impact and uh, i used to stay awake in the mtc before i got to venezuela dreaming about going back to venezuela to do business and i had just taken macro econ at utah state and learned about capitalism's ability to help pull people out of poverty and uh yeah so that's that's how that happened um came home finished up at utah state was a senate staffer for a year uh went to byu uh did a one year for law school and uh did one year and was like oh my word i'd never practiced law jumped in the mba program and i got an internship at what was at the time the largest venture capital firm kind of in the in the northwest v spring capital in salt lake city um and uh had no prospects of getting hired um and i got put on a fundraising europe team um and i just i hustled hard i ended up sleeping at the fund uh the you know overnight as i was calling into europe um and I, i didn't know any better and uh and it it by the, the the managing partner was like, you just got more fundraising appointments for me than all of our placement agents across 400 million dollars of capital have gotten me, and uh, so that impressed him, and he hired me as a venture wow. capital analyst. Even though I just as a middle class farm, you know, our agricultural kid um, that that uh, did, didn't didn't go to a Ivy League school, so that that was my that's how I got into venture capital. What's some hustle? I
1: love- I love it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I heard something early that like hit me, um, Rob, that I, I hope you don't mind this is a little bit of a, a pivot, but you talked about your parents with a lot of gratitude and being yeah. somebody we share, we share the same um, faith background, at least, you know, being LDS and then both like big fans of Jesus and, you know, the scriptures that we follow or whatever, talk about like honoring your mother and father. And as I've, as I've gone on my healing journey as an adult and becoming an adult, there's so much beauty in holding our parents in their totality, being honest about their, their humanity, their fallibility, their, you know, shortcomings, how they hurt us, how they messed up, all the trauma, whatever, and unbelievable gratitude and love for who they are. I and mean, I guess they've given us both painful and beautiful and, and powerful. And, um, I just heard that you just have a uh, deferential energy towards your parents that you just let out with that really like excited me and made me smile can you talk a little bit about that like have you always been close yeah. to your parents have you gone on a journey with that? are you still in the journey like uh, maybe no, was
2: like, here, here's a little more detail like they were um 16 and 17 when they got pregnant with me in high school and uh, and got married mom ended up having two children before she graduated high school kind of crazy um and they always said that i was the uh, third adult that was born um i've (laughs) seen that a lot friends and family kind of this feeling of um man my parents have hurt me and they've been great in this mixed bag i don't feel a lot of that um for my parents i just feel gratitude like i feel like i there i know i feel like the reason i don't really hold anything against my parents but one they were amazing um But two, like anything that was imperfect, like I don't, I don't really see, I, I see those same, in, most of those same imperfections in myself. So I don't really, uh, I don't really feel like I, yeah, I just don't judge them for that, I guess. And, and it hasn't, I don't yep. have a lot of pain or, or, or trauma from, from, uh, the way they raised me. It was, it, they raised me with a kind of a blue collar work ethic and, uh, and um, have never wanted anything I'm gonna I'm gonna cry. I cry really easy. Um it's okay. you know, they've never wanted anything than the very best for me. Um no. they wanted me to to go much farther than they ever had a chance to. So um oh, yeah, no. so they're amazing people. So
1: I love that. Yeah, your gratitude shows. And by the way, I I I don't ever cry don't ever apologize for crying, not that you were, but you're kinda like you actually didn't apologize i should say but a lot of people do they're like i'm sorry i'm gonna cry or whatever um to me it's just love pouring out of people's eyes it's the coolest
2: so especially when yeah. men
1: nothing more enduring I,
2: uh, there was you know i uh, all they'll they'll be like a used car lot grand opening you know and i'll go <laughs> See, to that and cry so of
1: course that with all that gratitude and loving your heart it's like so raw and uh, at the surface um, my kids look look for me in movies um, when, like, in any Disney movie or whatever, when there's an emotional moment, like especially if the cartoon character starts crying, I just start crying. I have like this allergic totally. response to crying in the sense that it automatically causes me and triggers <laughs> me. To cry. Anybody, everything, commercials, it doesn't matter, yeah. you know. And so they always look at me because they know. And so it's kind of like, mom's going to be crying. <laughs> and I get embarrassed now. I just embrace them, like, yeah, this is me doing me. <laughs> Um,
2: Abby is very much not a crier, so it's pretty funny. And she's, but she's way more, uh, you know, she is really nice and sensitive and feminine, but crying is not a thing she does very much. So it's kind of funny. And I try to be this tough, you know, redneck dude with small man syndrome and always be tough, but I'm always crying. So it's, it's a, it's funny.
1: That's amazing. Nappy's your beautiful wife, and you guys have five kids, Jana
2: Five adults, four dogs, such- and a son at the end
1: such a baller um rob i um i'm just such a fan of yours the way you love people you're you've been a very good friend to me in business um you've said things to me that were maybe hard and scary to say to help beckon me to betterment and give me direction and they were for me and you are encouraging and you're authentic and you love people well and you're brave in, in your truth. And I just I just find you so infectious and I just, I'm so glad I get to be your friend. So why don't we start with talking a little bit about um this this world of taking the private sector and venture capital into develop the developed world and helping people get out of poverty and love for you to share a little bit about journey. It's so it's a fascinating disruption and really exciting and there's so much opportunity. It's like the wild west, I feel like, in today's world so much opportunity um and and maybe share what you've done and what you're looking to do and what why it excites you
2: well thanks for your kind compliments first i am really grateful for our friendship as well and and uh and i'm I'm glad we we we're true friends that have been able to help each other along the way so um yeah so being making impact in all of this is is uh is so important to me i've you know i uh i definitely have not prioritized um money but rather the things that i thought would be most impactful and the the money has come along the way uh thankfully so that's that's been i've been really blessed um to be able to have both have my have my cake and and eat it too you know my two kind of core professional missions right now um are to uh you know take on hollywood um and uh, that's a good description of what I do at my day job and then the other one is um, help as many people get into the middle class as possible so those are my those are my two missions so um, on the emerging market side of things as I as I mentioned you know I, I would stay awake uh, did I mention that in the MTC yeah before I even got to Venezuela I dreamed about going back so did my mission loved it love the Venezuelan people they are the if you get to chance to know venezuelans they're just like the most laid back party oriented fun people ever which was super fun for my personality i was i did I, I felt um many times that i was much more venezuelan than american for sure but um and uh that was super fun so i always dreamed of getting back to latin america and uh i uh I got this dream job in salt lake city utah you know and being uh, from idaho we we always look down on people from utah and i asked kind of asked the lord why the heck i'd be in utah if i'd be willing to go anywhere in the world and uh and three months into my job there my mentor paul Alstrom asked me if i wanted to help launch the venture capital industry in mexico and i was like yes i would so paul was influential in helping get venture going in utah Um, and was invited by the country of Mexico to do that. So, um, that was, that was awesome. Uh, we worked on that project for about 18 months, kind of putting the foundation in place and getting that fund ready and Paul moved to Mexico. I, um, was signing my real estate contract when I got the strong impression not to move to Mexico. And I was like, what, What? why would I not move to Mexico? (laughs) Um, And uh, this is, I've been working on this for 18 months. This is my dream. This is my, you know, my boss is going to be so disappointed in me. It was super rough. And, uh, but I had, I had ignored a a strong impression like that before to me and many other people's uh, pain, strong pain. It's, (laughs) I wasn't about to ignore that again. So anyway, I came back, didn't go to Mexico initially, actually never made it to Mexico. Um, We'll get into that in a second. And I, came back and I joined one of the startups we had funded as the first investor, as the first executive um, and, and was in charge of running sales, uh, grew sales really well. The first year we 10 X it. was doing really well the second year and Motorola bought us. And I got an early exit, um, made my first good chunk of money. And, uh, and the fund took way longer to get going than anybody thought of, turns out a narco war broke out in Mexico kind of the right at that time. So I got an exit was able to go do the fund and never, never missed, didn't miss a beat, helped distribute that whole fund was the, was kind of the lead most senior professional in that fund. Um, and, uh, which was, which was awesome. So out the venture, so we, we managed 69 million. We were headquartered in Monterey, Mexico. We invested up and down the Americas, including the U S. And we seeded three unicorns and invested in another growth unicorn. So it was a wildly successful fund. Um, and uh, just kind of a huge, huge blessing and lesson for me, you know, follow those impressions. Um, the Lord's got a better plan for us than we do for sure. Um, and, you know, I, I got an exit, got to do the fund, Got again, got a chance to have my cake and, and, uh, and eat it too. It's kind of the story of my life. i, I uh, so been so blessed um up to this point of uh, of just you know lots of opportunities i didn't necessarily uh deserve or or see coming so been been fun um so after that first exit i kind of looked at all the local ngos um and uh and i realized most of them are are wildly underfunded and they're just kind of big fundraising organizations there was one that i really Admired and still admired to this day. It's called Fundet Funval. Nobody's heard of it. It's just um, it's just funded by its by its founder David Clark, and he goes out and negotiates with large multinationals and asks them what they need. Dozens of and an example of of something he's identified is uh, heating and air conditioning techs, and he'll negotiate training for that position, um, and then he gets these. Um, he he's focused on the LDS community. He gets return missionaries these jobs, uh, like two thousand return missionaries a year, and wow. such a cool NGO. So awesome! Um, That's amazing. As yeah, as out the ventures went along, we got invited uh, to to launch the venture industry in Peru. So Abby and me and the girls headed to Peru to head that project up. Um, we, we had a contract with the, the Peruvian Development Bank called Cofide, um, and I got to serve down there in, 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 the, in one of the main headquarters for Fundet Funval was down there. And I saw these kids that were that were getting these opportunities, and they, Fundet Funval was taking them from $100 a month in income to $300 a month in income, which was well, for those, those young kids, that was amazing, right? That was uh, triple your income. That's always a good thing. Um, but $300 a month does not put you in the middle class in, in Lima. So in Lima, to be in the middle class, to have a spouse, a couple of kids, a small apartment in a small car, which is kind of what I would consider to be, you know, like lower middle class and, and you're, you know, you don't have food insecurity. So you never, never during the month, are you going to have to miss meals? Um, you need six bucks an hour or a thousand dollars a month. Well, and so, um, that became my mantra and that's kind of my my goal and uh, so i've had um that's that's really what i do is help as many people as i can kind of in the emerging markets get get into um six dollar an hour jobs we've done that through our startups um we've done that through um uh a staffing agency and uh and it, we help uh, get into the middle class so um yeah, that's that's uh, that's kind of the um, using business to help help people. So my my two missions again, uh, you know, take on Hollywood and help it help it amplify, help it have more light, and uh, help as many folks as I can gonna get into the middle class. So I don't know and if I, that answers your question. Of course, brilliant. Answer.
1: Um, I love it, and I I'm excited to get into that. You're taking on Hollywood statement and what that means, and I'm um, thrilled to be a part of that with you in some degree, but. Um, I've, I'd i love to ask you this question. Kill? We've talked a little bit about it.
2: Actually, before, yeah. before we transition, yeah, can I add one more important thing? Yeah,
0: please. So, yeah.
2: One of the core inspirations I've had around helping people get in the middle class is the book Prosperity Paradox. It's written by Clayton Christensen, which many of us um, really look up to. Uh, it was his last book before he passed away. Many people don't even know he wrote it, but he applied his ideas to in uh, his and a lot of his core fundamental theories to how to develop countries it's a very compelling book um and um it if anybody's interested in how i plan to accelerate my efforts to bring people in the middle class that that book is kind of my um kind of my blueprint and i you know i anticipate getting back on on the ground in latin america and other emerging markets to to do uh to buy and and help build large large companies so anyway that's that's uh that's a core piece of the story i wanted to give credit to one of my distant heroes that i i shook his hand once but didn't really know clayton christensen
1: i love it um and thank you for that this is actually a great segue into what i was going to ask which is talking about heroes and mentors and people we look up to and people that are pointing us giving us a roadmap for our lives um leading us to love ourselves and the world better. you. We've talked a little bit about your love for Paul Alstrom, and I've had a chance to meet him. He's absolutely brilliant, um, very strong man. So Rob, I've had a chance to meet one of your mentors, um, uh, Paul Alstrom, who I know you love and adore, and Clayton talk- Christensen, someone I've also admired his work. And you know, Paul is so brilliant, so incredible. And as we look at people in our lives, whether it's your parents or Paul or Clayton, who give us these roadmaps, for loving the world better and loving ourselves better, what is it about? Can you share some of the qualities of why someone like a Paul Ostrom, You've you've put so many eggs in this basket of following him as a leader and, and partnering with him in business and choosing him as a mentor. What were the characteristics or things that made you love him and admire him and 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 choose uh, that path? I'd love to know because I think we learn a lot about people about who they follow, and I know who you ultimately follow, which is the lord (laughs) but but i mean what is it about what is it about your friend paul that has been um such a gift to you
2: i think i think the um jesus parallel is an interesting way to answer this question that is with jesus who we love and admire he's he's he was without error right he wasn't a finished product um um like he he came to earth and he he wasn't he we wouldn't his body wasn't perfected yet but he was without error and he is our example and he's amazing um and uh and he had he had to come and do what he had to do to to gain the power that he gained um to help each of us um and he had to he had to uh perform the atonement and uh and that's awesome um and so but with everybody else all of our other mentor options are deeply flawed people um and so you only we only have deeply flawed um options and so amongst the deeply flawed options like i i don't know i i mean i i just got lucky paul really picked me he hired me but i guess i you know i, I really enjoyed um doing stuff with him but um he uh paul i would say is like an extreme altruist so characteristic of extreme altruists is they're willing to make great personal sacrifice in order to make a large impact in the world and uh he embod he embodies that so he he could he could be worth you know he the man is independently wealthy has plenty of money but he could be worth 10 times more than he is now if he would pursued money but he he really pursued impact um once he made money and uh, i really looked up to that so that's that's what i've aspired to do as well um and uh he is wildly creative while i mean it's just fun to watch as i'm a very linear thinker it's like if we wanted to get to C, just add a and b and we'll get to C. and he's he he thinks kind of spherically walking around problems and and uh approaching things in very counter uh intuitive ways in very creative ways so anyway that's that's what i i've loved hanging out with him um he's uh Uh, he's a wonderful consecrated man dedicated to to doing good and um there's no amount of personal sacrifice money or otherwise that he's not willing to make if he if he feels like that's what he's he's called to do so um, we're so lucky to have
1: we're so lucky to have people like that in the world and around us and in our communities and they what gifts what gifts they bring and how fun is it that we all have different gifts you know i was thinking about you said i'm, li- I'm a linear thinker and he's a, thinks more in spheres. like i've learned so much in business from people that think or differently than me or choose differently than me and sometimes it's been a painful lesson of like the tension that i'm trying because i i spent so much of my life trying to understand people understand because i feel that in understanding them we can be closer because i have this deep value of I want to be fully known and chosen and I want people around me to be fully known and chosen by me you know this deep intimacy um is so important to me and so so much of my energy and time goes into trying to understand like and recently the paradox in all that energy I'm realizing is um I was just talking about this with my my sister-in-law through through Instagram messenger we were just talking about this this morning but in as i grow and i'm evolving the nuance in that is that there's just some things i'm not going to be able to understand and that's okay and i can just hold people in the totality of what they have to offer and i can be okay to be misunderstood and that those are those are incredible gifts as well to say i am misunderstand i'm probably i am misunderstanding i will misunderstand i will not be able to get context and vantage point from this person because i don't have their lived experience we are ultimately the amalgamation of all of our experiences and I can't I can't make that chasm that leap and that's okay but I can absolutely lead with love so I may not understand but I can but I can I can hold space with love and those are such profound nuances as you've um, you know worked in business do you have any thoughts or ideas about uh, how to best do that or, or is there any that bring up anything to you as I talk about that
2: yeah uh yeah I am um, it's a great question. I, I feel like I learned those lessons over and over again. Part of <laughs> my my uh, deep flaws is, uh, is um, you know, uh, I often find myself in, in uh, working in small teams. And if I get too excited about my own ideas and don't hold space for people and allow other people to contribute and and be part of the decision-making process inevitably you know people don't like doing that for long periods of time and and <laughs> uh, they want to participate in the process so it it just is so important to um in business with your team uh to incorporate uh everybody's um everybody's ideas and, and make everybody part of the process and uh we are all children of god and he you know everybody as an as a need to create and to um to use their their intellect and it's it's so important to do that sometimes on my uh on my arrogant days i uh i have all the right answers and i'm really good at telling everybody what we need to what we need to do so yeah it's it's important thing i don't think that's a a good definition of leading with love so um i saw this really cool uh little little comment by steve steve jobs recently that i i tweeted it out recently if anybody wants to check it out but um he uh he just talked about you know uh the important part of building a company is figuring out what to do he said during it during a year uh you know there's there's a brain trust uh there was a brain trust at 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 the company was at the time i think it was next computer and they had about 25 things they needed to make decisions on that everybody needs to weigh in on he said doing the things is uh, wasn't as important as knowing what things to do he said they could hire the world's best people to do almost anything they wanted but uh, understanding the right things to do and getting all of the uh the brain trust to weigh in on that was so important and uh, it's a really cool concept very much probably not even parallel, but like the exact same concept of councils, um, from our church and, uh, and it's a very powerful concept, but I think, you know, I, his, I don't know how good I am at implementing it, but I do have a strong belief, um, that getting everybody, all the stakeholders around the table to, to find a consensus, um, is the, is the best way forward. I love the phrase if you want to go fast go alone if you want to go far go together so yeah
1: that's really good and and i think there's um there's a there's an energy and alchemy in sometimes out of love being differential and being like we'll do it your way this time even though i think my way's better and then you end up i'd be right and then you don't need to rub it in anyone's nose or anything because we'll learn this together you know like i'm i'm curious i'm open and you're feeling your feeling needed, valued, seen contri- uh, contribution, the relationship might dictate that we sometimes do things. you know, I've seen leaders do that at times. they're like let's 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 hurry up and break the thing, even though I know what it's going to be because you're gonna learn this powerful lesson and then we'll be together, you know, going forward or whatever. There's amazing nuances to all this that love just dictates sometimes hard actions sometimes, you know, say hard things to people sometimes, allowing for failure sometimes. I mean it's just such a personal and intimate journey the relationship that that love will render in in every expression not just with god but with each other and in our work so speaking yep. of a relationship with god you know the work that you're doing in angel studios let's talk a little bit about that so we're you and i are big fans of entertainment and you and i love people and storytelling and connecting and um books and and we're you know our culture is predicated by the stories that we tell ourselves and I believe that we need to cultivate a community of compassion and a culture of compassion more than ever and I think that um right now you know we're seeing a lot of content that is not serving you know a lot of people in society stuff that just feels um divisive debased gratuitous you know i mean it's kind of disappointing sometimes and then every now and then a show comes on and i'm just like this oh my gosh this is gold this is like good fruit like i need more of this how do we get more of this and uh why don't you talk a little bit about the higher brothers angel everything you're doing for your day job it's so exciting and i'd love for you to share all of your perspective on it
2: yeah well you know the the question is why why would i why would i be involved in angel studios when it's a little bit of a shift from what i've done that might yeah, I've gone operational a couple of times. Once at Roll Mobile, once at uh, um, Juxta Labs, where I helped help create the the mapping app. Um, and uh, but now I'm I'm pretty focused on the Angel Studios ecosystem. And uh, the you know the answer to that question is um, the Harmon Brothers are the most powerful team we invested in and so if you look at v spring and in 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 alta ventures and other other deals and other vehicles we've participated in i've been involved in in helping to invest in around a hundred startups so um in five years so we we get these farm boys from from burley right and uh i know farm boys from burley because that's that's who i wrestled and played football against growing up and i knew they would work like crazy so they 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 ended up really blowing our minds so in five years they did VidAngel, which you know um is still around will do have its biggest year this year around 15 million in sales they did the Harmer Brothers marketing agency which is created long-form viral video marketing which has done 8 billion views and hundreds of millions in sales for their clients they created um jordan created cove which was direct to consumer home security that he took to a hundred million dollar valuation they did uh, dry bar comedy, um, which has 4 billion views. They co-created the chosen, um, which has 500 million views and 200 million in revenue. And then this summer they reinvented theatrical distribution. Like literally the, the movie studios are calling angel to, to distribute their films now. Um, and they do it in such a much, much more efficient way. Um, so that's six major kind of world disruptions in five years. That's almost as much innovation as our other ninety-nine teams put together. So wow. just an incredibly powerful team. Uh, when they asked me to help run their internal venture fund, I was like, heck yeah! Um, so you know, it's just so much more important who you work with and what you do. I think so. But um, yeah, so that's why I'm I'm here. I'm I'm. Uh, it's you know, I love love angel studios i love the leaders of angel studios and um love the opportunity to participate in uh in helping the mission which is to amplify light so um it is to it's a response to dark and nihilistic content that regularly finds itself in in hollywood i remember in the first pitch deck of vid angel one of the the slides that really sold me demonstrated that the the vast majority of content that gets created in, 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 in Hollywood is rated R, but most of the revenue comes from G to PG 13. And why, why would that be your market? Um, it, it exists like that, where the, the revenue opportunity is, is almost ignored. And so it was a, it was an awesome opportunity to, to take care of some, uh, or to, to go after some latent value um, while also doing good. So that was super inspiring. And, uh, and they're still on that mission, um, 10 years later. And so my, my role is the managing director of the Angel Acceleration Fund. So it's the internal subsidiary that funds, uh, the best of the new Angel Studios pipeline. And, uh, so that's my role. Um, and, uh, it's super fun to, to, uh, to operate from, from this area and to to help push forward this mission
1: amazing and for those uh listeners that have heard of the Harmon brothers and those who haven't you've probably seen their long-form infomercials that he that Rob was referring to so like Squatty potty and poopery and purple mattress and Kodiak cakes and like all of these um, commercials and they've taken I think it was six companies to unicorn status with their marketing um you know these guys are like online marketing wizards is the what I always say so they've they've really disrupted like you said so many different industries what is it about the angel model that has been so disruptive can you talk a little bit about you know why it's been so successful what are the different tools or mechanisms or methodologies what's their secret sauce of, of how they're doing it differently
2: yeah there's a couple of there's a couple of core innovations i think that are driving a lot of the value and um uh so number one they're community focused so um their goal is to help every filmmaker that they partner with have a huge online community that wants to become part of the franchise so um that's that's number one um number two is free you can watch even in the theaters almost every piece of angel content for free um and the free model is wild right like even you can go get free tickets for the movie but then uh people are so passionate about the movie that a lot of people who click on the free tickets end up buying their own tickets and buying even more free tickets for people. So that's really cool. And everything on the app is free. So how the heck do they make money? So they, they have four or five proprietary Angel Studios ways of making money, um, which is driving like 10 times more revenue on a comparable show than, than normal Hollywood, than normal Hollywood revenue streams. It's Pretty cool. Everything from the pay up forward model to customized merchandise, um, uh, you know, uh, plans to, um, to better theatrical distribution than, than, than any other studio could provide. Um, so free, uh, community-oriented. Um, another major uh, innovation is the business model. So Hollywood has, you may have heard, Hollywood has funny accounting so most the vast vast majority of hollywood films never have a back end our hollywood veteran attorney says he can count on like one hand the number of back ends he's ever seen paid out so hollywood economics are all about uh filmmakers growing their but their their production budgets as big as they can so they can take big upfront fees and studios making money and then equity holders the friends family, and fools the lawyers and doctors losing their shirts on the on kind of the the production budgets um and so uh angel has flipped that on its head and said uh how about we always have a back end nobody makes any money until there's a profit so angel takes all the as the exclusive distributor of, of their content they take all the hard costs off the top and pay those back and then as profits flow to the bottom line um we see uh you know angel gets a third of those profits and the filmmakers get two-thirds so if you can pull off like 10 percent of a chosen you can make like Ten million bucks. If you can pull off half a chosen, you make fifty million dollars. This is way more money um, than filmmakers typically uh, believe they're going to make, and so it's it's just a, it's a very it's a very attractive model. So they've basically just taken the film distribution industry and are are kind of disrupting it level by level throughout the stack. So it's fun fun stuff.
1: I love it. What one of the things that really. St- struck me that resonated with me was the fact that there's this feedback loop that Hollywood doesn't have. Right now, if you were to take a show, and in fact, I'm a budding filmmaker. I've had my exec- executive producer debut, my f- my film on Charitables and Theaters. I'm actually in the middle of executive producing a film right now, starring Jessica Alba and, and in conjunction with Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, which is super fun, called Flash Before the Bang." And as we're making this film, You know, we are having to pitch it to a a, a lead group of people saying we think this is going to be a success, right? Both of these films, we had to just get in front of whether it's distributors or investors or whatever. In the case of Angel, what I love, the next documentary that I'm doing, I'm going to run through the Angel process, which I'm really excited for. is that you can ask if the dog wants to eat the dog food, so to speak. You can actually test these assumptions. If the audience even wants to see it, if it's something, if you have something compelling, if the story is something people want to do, so it's kind of the lean startup model in tech. You can create an MVP, if you will, and then test these assumptions, which is so powerful and not be not been done historically. So we make these torches, and then you show this 10 minute production piece. It's not a it's not a sizzle or a or a trailer, but rather like an actual chunk of what the production would be like and i've been learning more about this because i was like what exactly is the torch and i even took some staffs and they're like no that's not quite it so i'm learning more They really want to showcase this is exactly what it'd be like and see if the audience they run it through like a hundred thousand people in a thing called the guild and then those people give feedback Seventy
2: thousand. 000 so the, the guild number is going like yeah. like this right now well wow. um it's uh it's yeah it's probably um I was quite remiss in not mentioning that. It's probably the most powerful uh unfair advantage that, that Angel has. And that is it's 170,000 super fans that that green light everything we do. So
1: it's this powerful focus group and this feedback loop. And so now you're not you're seeing if people, you know, you might have a creative idea that you want to watch or like, but then the world gets to tell you no, we don't, at least the audience. And it's kind of cool because um I think that's the future of entertainment is like the ability for people to find out do you actually want to do you want to see this do you want to be a part of this Before they go and make all this money invest all this i mean people will spend just absurd amounts of money in production and film and development for it to be a total flop i i, under, I heard the statistic that only 20 percent of hollywood films actually are profitable like that's just really bad odds
2: yeah it is really bad odds and and if you're you're you know you're really smart lens like i i have no idea why any film with the with the advent of the angel guild i have no idea why any filmmaker would do anything but make a ton of kind of short torches test them and then follow the winners right and uh, yeah. it's just such a better model it's such a better uh return model for your for your investors um and you'll get a lot more famous a lot more rich and may have a lot more impact by by doing that and knowing what uh, knowing what people want so
1: it, it makes, it's kind of dumb smart. It makes a lot of sense. Um, but tell me a little bit like uh, about the venture capital fund. I mean, I, I mean, I know about it being an advisor, but share with our audience why we built the fund to then match those projects that get through the guild and then are going through the crowdfunding process, which is again proprietary and exciting and cool. I mean, they raised $70 million or something for the first season of, of The Chosen. Is that right? Just absurd amounts of crowdfunding came. Is
2: that right yeah it was it was it was quite a bit less than that but yeah it was 10 million dollars so okay okay the first um, $10 season million dollars but yeah but it's I mean I've again I've been involved in a hundred tech deals and I thought tech was expensive media is crazy so crazy. um it, the the model that we have where you know it's all about the back end does bring budgets down so it aligns filmmakers with us and we'll have the we'll have filmmakers come in and be like yeah, I need 20 million for this, this, this TV season. Um, and then we tell them the model and they're like, yeah, I could probably do it for seven. So, um, we are doing things for much, much less expensive than Hollywood budgets. Like the shift comes out tomorrow the six and a half million dollar budget film, but it's comparable to a $20 million film out of Hollywood. So that's got the production value and, and cast and everything of that level. Um, but uh despite the fact that we are able to do things much more efficiently it's still so expensive you know that's that's our minimum film right so uh we need to you know we're we're competing against billions of dollars in investment at amazon apple and netflix um yeah and so we need we need tens of millions of dollars um and it's just it's just a ton of capital so um it's fun though because as a subsidiary of angel we have a huge unfair advantage where we get that guild data, and we can invest in the best subset of of the films coming through the angel pipeline. So it's a it's a, it's a fun place to be with a with a cool uh, with a cool strong advantage,
1: and we get to follow those winners, like you said, which is really exciting. And the returns of are have just been very compelling. I mean, um, the Sound of Freedom, which was released July fourth. And I know there's some controversy around, you know, the subject matter and everything, um, right? Fusseau and all those things are coming to the surface. However, regardless of that, the distribution model that we're talking about in Angel has been so successful and that it it grossed more than Mission Impossible and- um, and uh,
2: Indiana Jones.
1: Indiana Jones. Yeah, that, that weekend it was just crazy. Um, and that's why it's gotten all of Hollywood's attention. It's like, oh, they've got something. And one of the things I realized is the data, because of the feedback loop from the crowdfunding, we can then have these heat maps and know where to do distribution. I mean, this is just brilliant stuff. So there's so much excitement around where this is headed, um and yeah, I, I just think it's so compelling. And the other the other piece that I really love is you talked about the customized merchandise revenue opportunity. And in the end, I mean, the chose to two hundred. It's done two hundred million in revenues, right? In total over that's three right. seasons,
2: over two hundred million in revenue. Yeah,
1: it, and that's three seasons. Is that right?
2: That's right, through the third season. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, that's just insane.
2: Probably 10 times the amount of money they would have anticipated otherwise. So it's it's an extremely powerful model.
1: Remarkable. I love
2: The Chosen, by the way. So The Chosen's on Netflix. The Chosen can be rented on Amazon. Uh, You can watch Chosen on a Delta flight, but all of that kind of traditional Hollywood revenue stream makes up about 5% of Chosen revenue. So it's uh, angel models for
1: Yeah, totally. And so I you know, I find that really, really compelling and, and cool. And I love that show. My gosh, I'm so grateful for, for that show in my life. It's blessed my life significantly. Um, one of the things that I'm that I just wanted to kind of point out too is and have you maybe speak to a little bit, is also like a proximity to transaction that you wouldn't get in the in the entertainment industry as well. Like, can you talk a little bit about that? That the creatives can have yeah. access to the audience.
2: Yeah, and and uh, you're going to see some innovations in the next few months that are going to make that even more powerful. So, um, but Angel is using data and proximity of transaction, unlike unlike any other, um, unlike any other studio. Um, one of the, I think one of the easy ones to to understand and identify is the, the theatrical pay it forward model. So um, people get done watching a film, they're moved by the film, and then a QR code pops up with a uh, cause-driven uh, invitation to help 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 push that message farther, and people can purchase message uh, purchase tickets for other people to see the film in that very moment. So, um, yeah, it's just uh, uh, cutting out lots and lots of middlemen and, and 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 going direct. So it's it's uh, it's powerful.
1: That's awesome. So there's just the sky is the potential a, a, for this and you're at the helm of the of the venture capital fund and, and and a shareholder in the actual studio itself which is so exciting Rob. and thanks for letting me be a part of it all um is there anything you want to share with the audience about kind of wrapping up would, this the last I question want, of, of like how they can get involved or how they could connect with you or if they want to learn more
2: i would, say, investing I would or, say number n- yeah. number one if you get Lindsay involved in your in your in your in your project she's been kind about her words about me but she has the the uh, golden retriever energy so i appreciate all you've done to help us Mm lens and uh you it's uh wild the the volume of um yeah you you actually have uh produced as many uh as much kind of business development for us as as all my other advisors combined so it's been awesome so while you're done um yeah no and, um i i mean uh you know i don't never want to um we're a, we're a venture capital fund and we we um um yeah we do not uh kind of generally solicit or those kind of things but um but i would just say anybody who wants who's interested in helping us take on hollywood there's there's uh dozens of jobs on the website mm-hmm. um there is lots of partnerships to be had between organizations and if anybody's interested that kind of thing um don't hesitate to reach out so yeah um rob mcmillett at angel.com is an easy way to to contact me and talk about partnering in uh, any ways you want to talk about
1: amazing and there's also um creatives can also approach the guild and submit content there's there's so much potential
2: to be involved with any of
1: the mission of angel of amplifying light
2: Yeah. You know? And things are going to get more efficient. Um, Whenever there's a new, I I remember when Instagram influencing came out, this reminds me of those days, like Instagram influencing today sounds so cliche, (laughs) but in 2012, when it first came out, it was, it blew people's minds. It flipped companies to, to flow positive in our our portfolio almost instantly. And people said, yeah, but everybody's going to figure that out. And, uh, um, and it'll it won't always work like that and today it's much more efficient and you know the prices have gone up and and you can't you know you can't get two cent installs on mobile apps and that kind of thing out of it anymore but there was a three to five year period um where you could like it wasn't like six months it wasn't like two months it wasn't like 30 days it took and so i think there there's an early period here for filmmakers with angel studios where um you'll be able to get wild outcomes for your movies um and you'll be able to compete against anybody in hollywood um and uh if, if you know as by being an early kind of an early adopter very so, cool um well it'll it'll eventually take over the whole industry and, and everybody will be doing it and and all and, and we'll have to keep innovating like any good yeah like good good innovation company but that's enough another- those that are, to early adopters and adopt the model now, I think have a have a good. There uh, there there are rents to be had <laughs> and arbitrage to be had by by participating early. I love it.
1: Well, Rob, thank you for coming on my show and for being my golden retriever buddy. Oh, we should definitely go fishing at my ranch. I need to do that with you.
2: I'm ready. Okay, okay, guys. The number one thing I want out of uh, Lindsay's listeners is the following: if everybody could comment at the bottom of this podcast, <laughs> to Ask the Luke family to let Rob bow hunt on the Smoot Ranch <laughs> because of his big, huge heart and love for Lindsay and, and all you in general, that's what I'd like. So please comment in the bottom. Lindsay, please let Rob bow hunt on your ranch. That's <laughs> what that's. The one thing I actually want out of this podcast.
1: You're the best. I, you, I know you've been asking, well, let's start with fishing. I don't know that we allow hunting up there, but we'll do it. I hate fishing. <laughs> it's like to catch fish. That's right. <laughs> Thanks so much, <laughs> Rob. You're the best. I'm so appreciate. It. Love you, man.
0: Do you need help with the next steps for your financial plan? Think Capita. Capita is a financial network built around you. They have a team of financial advisors, CPAs, estate attorneys, Medicare providers, and social security experts to help you accomplish your financial goals. Call to schedule a complimentary consultation at 801-566-5058, or visit their website at www.capitalfinancialnetwork.com. You can also check out their financial education podcast, The Financial Call, available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and YouTube.